And there's something in sexual energy when it's owned and held. Like you said, that there's, there's a boundary in it. There's a power in it that doesn't have to come from armor, but can actually just be from the sheer, like, this is, this is the force that, you know, blooms the flowers and births all of life and the knowing of that and the resting in that. Prophecies have foretold, and wisdom keepers all know, that the rise of the feminine will restore balance to our world. In this podcast, we are on a journey to understand the root of the imbalance that has caused disconnection and dysfunction within our humanity, so we can emerge as leaders, creating a new story on Earth. I'm Lauren Walsh. And I'm Shayna Connors. With humble hearts and open minds, we will converse with spiritual teachers, historians, psychologists, revolutionaries, leaders, and healers to navigate these evolving times and reintegrate the feminine history that we have forgotten. Welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. Hello. Time of the Feminine Family. It is so good to be with you today. Lauren and I are celebrating our final episode of season one of the Time of the Feminine podcast. This is episode number 28. We've been on this journey for exactly six months, and we are so excited to bring you the episode today with Jamie Elizabeth Thompson. This journey for us has been one of many years of dreaming and thinking and meeting all these incredible people that have gotten to participate on this podcast and come on this journey with us. So many of you have shared how this podcast has touched you, how it's created or sparked a transformational journey within you. And Lauren and I have been on this journey too. And so it's such an honor and a pleasure to get to do this work with all of you. And so the deal is that we're going to be taking a few months off to regroup, to set up season two, to go deeper, to find the real nuggets of wisdom that we want to bring with this energy of the time of the feminine. And so please go ahead and give us feedback. Let us know what you like, what you want more of, because we are ready to bring it to you for season two. And thank you so much for listening and for being a part of this journey. It means the world. Ow, ow. We love you always, forever, near and far, closer, together, everywhere. We will be with you everything we will do for you. Beloveds, we can't thank you enough for, first of all, resonating with this conversation and embodying it and sharing with us and sharing with your friends. We are so honored. And to echo Shana, it's it's a real privilege to have these conversations and also to be connected in sisterhood with you as we deprogram and unlearn such an old paradigm at this threshold of this new one and to know that we're not alone. So thank you. And the love can continue. There are episodes you can re-listen to before we come back later in the summer. If you feel called, think of your favorite episode and share it with three friends. And that way we can spread the love, spread the mission, and we can all continue to grow together. And we can't wait to see you and talk with you and be with you again this summer. So for today's episode, Jamie Elizabeth Thompson Shayna and myself have a conversation that I believe is of paramount importance. We are covering elements within the Time of the Feminine podcast that feel really pertinent to the healing of the feminine and the rebalancing of our world. And one of the most important deficiencies or distortions, or maybe even excesses, it's it's all of it really, is in the wound of sexuality. There is so much purity and so much power and so much love in our sexual energy. And the purity of it is the very same force that 
that gives life to everything around us. It's the power within us to create and to feel good and to manifest and to connect with God. And that power, having been shamed, squeezed at the very source, becomes distorted and corrupt and backwards. And many of us embody the wounds of that impact. And so this woman, who is a new friend of mine who I deeply love and respect and cannot wait to have her share her story here with all of you, she has been on a journey of healing that wound from an angle that many women don't go on. There's a, something we talk about, the dichotomy of the Madonna and the whore the shaming of the whore and the exaltation of the Madonna. But the Madonna can be shut down in her sexual energy, her creativity, and her power. And the whore can experience a lot of shadow, a lot of shame, and also a lot of excess, uh, uncontained energy, maybe even perhaps leaky and out of integrity. So how do we use both of those dichotomies and come into balance and transmute our pain through our pleasure? This is the conversation we are having today. So beautiful sisters, we love you. We see you. Anything you have been through in terms of your sexual healing, we want to honor you. You are safe here. You are safe with us. And sit back, relax, love yourself deeply, and enjoy this conversation. So Jamie Elizabeth Thompson is a holistic sex coach and the founder of Awakened Woman, a space of permission for women to reconnect with their inner knowing, bliss, and sensual erotic self. Without further ado, welcome, Jamie. Hello. Thank you, Lauren and Shana, for having me on. It is a pleasure to be here. So, Jamie, let's, let's start at the beginning. Let's learn a little bit about you. What brought you on this path of exploring the nature of your own sexual liberation and that of other people's? Mm, yes. I love this question. I think I'll start at the beginning where I grew up in a very traditional, somewhat repressed Christian household. And I had a lot of energy. It feels like I was a dragon inside of a little tiny human body inside of a little tiny box. And so there's a lot of energy that wanted to move and with a really deep connection with my own sexual energy from a very young age, right? There's some, some little girls that begin masturbating at five years old and I was one of those. And so there was this like connection with power and the power of the erotic and the power of our bodies. And I remember having this moment where, you know, cause I was also very spiritual as a, as a young child given, you know, raised in a religious household, they were also very spiritual. They're that kind that kind of Christians. And I remember feeling like I was connecting with God through touching myself. And then there was an experience where my, my mom had a lot of just judgment and confusion around that due to her own past, the same way that we just pass things down. And so there was a part of me that began judging this, but it was very confusing because internally I knew it was right. And this is something that I see happen in a lot of young girls where there's an inner knowing and then there's an outer environment or an authority figure that projects something else. And then the confusion begins to happen. So that began to happen in my psyche. And I was so committed to my own energy. Like it was, you know, one of the, one of the pieces that I, that I teach is something I call the great feminine divide. And it's there, there's some little kids that grow up inside of, they, they just want to be good. They want to do it right. And some that grow up inside of, they just want to be free. 
and they want to just be themselves. And I was one that really wanted to be free and wanted to be myself. And so the path of a very um, troubled, rebellious teenage years ensued. And as I got older, I decided that I wanted to go all the way into my liberation. And in that, I became a stripper in Las Vegas and would travel back and forth. I was living in California at the time and I would travel back and forth. And, and I felt like I was touching the liberation that I so deeply wanted my entire childhood and just felt like I was constantly being shoved into this box. And, and it was this, it was a very freeing experience and it was a necessary one for me to have. And it was also created a lot of trauma and a lot of karma for me to clean up later on in this life. And there was a sense of being liberated, but also feeling really empty. Like the, the kind of like, I, I call it like really sugary sexual liberation. Like it's got a lot of sugar. It's got a lot of flash. It's got a lot of like, you know, sweetness and it's high intensity, but it's not actually really connected to the deep truth. You know, the five-year-old who knew God through pleasure, through her body, it what that wasn't this, right? It didn't have that same frequency of truth. And so there was, you know, at, at that point, I started studying sacred sexuality and Tantra and was involved in the trend, you know, all kinds of transformational work and healing and began to realize that the strip club is really a modern day temple, but because sexuality lives in the shadow, it, there's, it's, it's very confusing. And it's, it's actually, there's, there's a lot of distortion that's happening there at the same time as there's actually a very clean transaction. So it was a really interesting experience to see the, the, the clarity of the, the transactional nature of sexuality, as well as the distortion in my own body of feeling empty. And like, I wasn't really connecting my spirituality with my sexuality. And that's what, what really started to open was this awareness of in, in the, in the rebellion that I, that I spent my whole life in, I had left a part of me behind. And the part of me I left behind is like the, the, the innocence, you know, in, inside of, inside of the, the path of the good girl and that side of the divide, there is an innocence, there's an innocence of the heart. And so that was a journey of a lot of inner work and reconnecting with the integrity, bringing integrity back into this very powerful erotic energy that had, that had harnessed. And I was like, yes, I was right. I knew there was something here and there was something so much deeper to, to reclaim and, and for, a, you know, several years, I, I continued to still travel back and forth and work with this energy in a more conscious way inside, inside of the strip club, inside of that modern day temple. And it was a really profound experience as that started to open in me. And I started to work with couples inside of the strip club as bringing an opportunity for men to create more safety for their partners and for women to bring more of their self-expression. And so that's where my, my journey of wanting to actually work with couples began was, was inside of this sacred temple. And then, and then it was like, after I was able to completely let that go, like that part of the journey completed, there was this new frequency and knowing that this, this was just the work that I was meant to do. And, and that there's a, there's a real opening and opportunity in the feminine to give ourselves permission for the full range of our liberated erotic energy, but to hold it with a, with a deep level of reverence and containment 
for the power that it really is. And it, so there was this combination of studying, you know, I call it my, uh, my unconventional master's degree in, in, in the strip club, as well as studying healing modalities and Tantra and Taoist philosophy and natural law and neuroscience and other things outside that I, I just want these to come together. And I think we're in a time, I mean, the time of the feminine is about reintegrating the parts that have been lost and including all of it. And so I'm in a place now where I'm sharing this story as a, in a deeper way and offering this more publicly now. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jamie. It, it really touched me. I think I've been to strip clubs before and I find that there is like liberation in the way, like to see women dance and express and move their body sensually. And I, and I understand this also, this, this paradox you're talking about, um, we actually talked about it before the podcast with the the whore and what was the other one? The Madonna the, and the whore. The Madonna, right. This like purity. And I love the way you started alchemizing those things also within the temple, within, you know, the strip club and how you're really bringing the energy there. Because I believe that the only way like this new paradigm is going to shift is to bring this, this really ancient technology into these systems, these modern day systems that we've built and begin to like, you know, open the flowers in these spaces that, you know, have kind of suppressed that energy and distorted it in a way. Um, so I love, I love that you brought that. And I'm curious, you, you talked about when you were doing couples work that really it was about men creating more safety and women being able to explore their expression. And so I want to understand like what you mean by that. How do men create more safety? How do women express more freely? Are men also supposed to express more freely? Like how does that work? And um, yeah, I'm curious about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, it, I definitely feel that it goes both ways. That example specifically was coming from looking at sexuality and quite often there's an energetic of in, in, in women where there's a, a lot of empathetic orgasm or empathetic pleasure or a sense of that him having a great time is, is enough for her. And, and for men, often there's a sense of, of learning how to create the space where she feels safe to open just by nature of the the biology of, of our parts, there's such a sensitivity and receptivity in the feminine body to feel safe. And what I, I mean, one thing I discovered in, in the strip club that was fascinating is that was the energies that was needed. It was like often, so often the feminine just needs a little permission, right? And when he could create that for her, more of her authentic sexuality and self-expression and desire came out. What does that and, look like permission? You know, is it saying like, go ahead, do this, or is it like an energetic thing? What is that? Yeah. I mean, an explicit invitation of, of like, I, I want to experience all of you and I want to invite all of you to come forward. I mean, that was something that specifically working with people of, of creating the, uh, the space that's safe to mess up. Like it's, it's okay for you to mess up. It's okay. If, if you try something new and it's awkward, it's okay. If we have to laugh about it, it, and, and really giving her that permission. And then that's something as women that we can also give ourselves, but inside of a, inside of a couple it's supportive for that. And then on the other way, I mean, men also want to express themselves and this is a whole nother, you know, segue, but it, it's like, as the feminine, so often, I, I think it's easy to forget that 
men are just trying to do the right thing post me too movement right and and to actually give them permission for their self-expression to come out i mean we're all wanting safety and self-expression and the two go hand in hand the the safer we feel the more expressed we can be and so it it's a and sexuality is such a sensitive topic for so many people for so many ways and it carries shame and it carries judgment and confusion and distortion and so the more we can create a safe space to experiment and play and be in our discovery the 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 better it is and and that's what um, I've found in groups, you know, in w- whether it's a couple or it's a, or it's a whole group of women. And I know you guys do this as well. It's like creating the safety where self-expression can come through. So I worked at a strip club too. Sorry, mom. She doesn't know this. So this is my outing right here. I didn't strip. I wasn't a stripper, but I was 17 years old and I felt a lot of darkness and a lot of pain and a lot of shame. And there was a power and a feeling of liberation that I felt when I was utilizing my sexual energy to get the love and attention that I needed. That was really the objective at that time for me was to really get the love and attention that I needed, but there was also a way in which my sexual energy um, protected me. It made me feel somehow stronger if I could own it. And this came from a result of having a traumatic experience when I was younger, that this was like my reclamation of my sexual energy in a way. And years later, began to heal from my trauma, I rejected that part of me. I saw the shadow in that desire for attention. So I rejected and shut off my sexual energy. And I went down the path of the Madonna, wanting to be pure, wanting to heal myself, wanting to be all of light. And I remember, I'll never forget this one woman who was very embodied. I was you know, maybe 10 years ago and I was speaking to her and she said, don't give your power away to me. Don't give your power away to me. You're, you're holding something in the basement and you're trying to live in your upper chakras, but there's a power in the basement that you need to face. And that began the integration of that shadow side of my sexuality that came from pain, but also has a global context of, you know, shaming bodies, shaming the feminine, shaming sexuality, all of that, saying that sexuality isn't a vehicle to God, you know, this, what you were bringing up earlier and going into all of that and sitting with that and beginning to heal that trauma and liberate my creative life force, my, my connection to God and to the great mother. And so I want to talk a little bit about that more specifically for women who are listening, who have been on one side of the spectrum or the other, and might be somewhere in the process of their liberation journey, learning how to, you know, be with their sexual energy and their pleasure and transmute pain in a pleasurable way. I want to pass the talking stick to you because I know this right here is your wheelhouse. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that the piece of um, feel, feeling the darkness and feeling the darkness and shutting it down. And, you know, there's something, there's some level of integrity that that has. And it's, there's, there's a big part of this journey is strengthening the container strengthening the integrity to hold the power of the darkness that lives in sexuality. And I want to just say, when I talk about light and dark, I speak of it as a polarity, not a duality. Yes. So shadow is, there's shadow that can come from our light aspects and there's shadow that can come from our dark aspects. 
but light and dark in itself is the the full polarity of our spirit to our sex right like the range of it as 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 a spectrum and when a system doesn't have the the embodied knowing yet of how to hold one's power and darkness the integrity of the system will sometimes just shut it down and so there's nothing wrong with that there's an, there's intelligence in it and consciously then there's a, a journey of reclamation that you're speaking of of going back down into the basement going back down into those places that feel so powerful that we're almost afraid that if we go there we'll get lost in it or or we'll become manipulative or we'll be overtaken by it and this is where i really bring this energy and these transmissions with a lot of integrity and encoded in this transmission is a responsibility for our power and that's the first thing that i that's that was the piece of my journey that i had to learn that was that changed everything was was having integrity and and responsibility in connection with with this power and it can be messy sometimes at first it was messy for me i was incredibly manipulative with my power i i got i got men to do anything i wanted them to do i mean it was like you know there was a there was a a, a, a an exploration of that liberation energy the power that's within the sacred whore that that i then reckon had to reconcile and it's a and and that's and that's a journey of a lot of pain because ultimately what's inside of that is is separation mm -hmm. you know and 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 if i feel like i need to manipulate someone in order to get them to do something i'm inside of a a, a chasm of separation and not connected to myself i'm not connected to my innocence and so there's this there's this this reconnection of power and innocence you know of of desire and love that when when it when it comes back together and it's ultimately being used in service like the 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 erotic energy in the channel is for something and we're consciously aware of what it's for and i mean this is this energy is is hot enough to burn through karma and pain and to transmute and that's what the the darkness transmutes you know there's a like the light illuminates but the darkness brings this depth of transmutation and erotic life force as our power and and as like our you know a, a boundaries and there's something in sexual energy when it's owned and held like you said that there's boundary in it there's a power in it that doesn't have to come from armor but can actually just be from the sheer like this is this is the force that you know blooms the flowers and births all of life and the knowing of that and the resting in that mm. reverence powerful respectful reverence for ourselves and all of life so I wanna, I'm curious about like this Madonna archetype that we've been mm -hmm. speaking about, because I feel like I've very much been living into this archetype and what it's been doing for me is actually like cutting me off from like this darker aspect of myself, as we were just mentioning. And as we're talking, I feel it inside of me and there's a part of me that's scared of it. And as I've been like exploring new relationships I don't know what to do because I can feel that it wants to come out, but I don't quite know what it is. And so there's like part of me that just shuts down or 
like feels shame or, um, yeah, like I, it can't be expressed. And, and what I come back to is this, like this feeling of safety. Like, do I feel safe here? And, and I don't know if it's me, like me not making myself feel safe or if the container doesn't feel safe. And I'm like curious about, you know, individually how I work with this aspect of myself to begin to like form a relationship where I can feel at least more comfortable with it, like being able to express. Mm -hmm. Thank you for bringing this. And this is, this is the more common side. Um, I mean, the, the Madonna and the, the archetype of the good woman, right. Is it, it, it's inside of obedience there's there's something that you're being obedient to that i would invite you to like look at the programming of like what am i being obedient to and is that something i chose or is that something that was projected onto me and inside of that you you can begin to discern your patterning and programming from your essence and truth and everyone has a different essence and truth around sexuality and around this energy and how they want to yield it. And there's, you know, inside of religious programming, I mean, in, inside of our Western culture, there, there's a, the feminine that is not in touch with her sexuality is a lot easier to control. And so when you start to look at the, the patterning and programming that comes from like, why do I actually feel this way? Is this mine? Is it, am I choosing this or where, where did this come from? And, and I think this is a helpful beginning step because then there can become there can be a little separation between you and the patterns and programming that are not you. And, and there's, a, you know, it can all become identified with just like, I don't know, I don't feel safe yet. And, you know, if there's, if there's sexual trauma, then there's, you know, some somatic work that is really valuable. And I know you guys do a lot on that side, you know, a lot of, a lot of working with women in trauma. And there, there can be a lot of, even inside of, even inside of trauma, like first there's initially meeting the energy, but then there's also looking at where am I carrying this trauma forth with me? Where am I carrying with me this pattern that is actually no longer my truth? And then finding a space that is contained to begin experimenting with and working with this energy. And that's what Awakened Woman is about, is creating spaces for women to have a context and to be able to consent to, we're going to work with this energy and explore this energy. We're going to explore our sensuality. We're going to explore our desire. We're going to explore what really feels good to us in a space of other women who are on the same journey, who are aligned, where there's permission to unfurl and, and to, and to meet some of these patterns and, and to, to give approval to, to whatever is present to extend this unconditional approval for the Madonna and the, uh, you know, how this archetype has just been doing the best she can. And that now there's a conscious adult here who's, who's ready to explore what, what else, what else there is. Yeah. Cause I think it's similar to Lauren. We have different stories, but I had that rebellious energy and I always was connected to my sexuality. I remember being a young girl and being connected to it. And so it's only been recently that I've shut it down. And it's kind of, 
it's it feels like there's more. It's just like there's it's even more. Like I've integrated so many parts of myself. So it's like, oof. So I'm I'm happy you shared that with me because it it feels like it's like I'm right there on that journey. And so feels like a timely conversation. <laughs> I'm curious, you know, just to go a little deeper layer yeah. in, in this of like, what had you start rejecting it? I, well, in part there was sexual trauma. And so there was kind of like this aspect of, I need to be celibate. I need to take care of myself. Like I'm going to go on this like inward journey of understanding my pain, you know? And now I feel like that trauma has been integrated. I feel good. And yet like, and to be honest, I had been in relationship basically my whole life. I would go from one guy to the next and would manipulate and do things in my early years and then became <laughs> more healthy in that. But it was when I became single that I didn't quite know how to be in my sexuality like in a relationship, in a safe partnership, like when there was a container that was like safe for me. But then in this world of dating and people are dating other people, like I have a difficult time with that. And I don't know how to be because really my truth is, and you said this at the beginning, like I want all of you. Like I want you to go out and flirt and do whatever you need to do and then bring it all to me. Like that's my like deepest desire and I want to be able to do the same. But I haven't been able like how to figure that out in this world where I like don't feel safe, where I'm like, you know, I feel like my power gets stripped from me because, you know, a guy's like taking it other places or doing these things and I haven't been able to clearly articulate my boundaries which I'm learning and like what kind of container is important for me. And so that's like, that's really where I am at right now is like, okay, boundaries container. Like these things are really important to me. My desire is this, like I didn't know before really how to articulate that. And so I was like ending up in spaces where I would just like shut down, get my power taken, feel unsafe mm -hmm. and not know where that was coming from. Mm, thank you for sharing this. Um, this is this is a really helpful illumination. So what I hear in that is the power of context and container. And what I hear in that is someone who had a container of relationship that you were, you know, in various different containers of relationship that you felt safe to explore your sexuality to whatever level that you did. Then when that ended and it was time to go on a more inner journey and um, become celibate for a while, which is a wonderful practice, you no longer had a container. You no longer had the context in which your sexuality exists. A lot For a lot of women, sexuality can end up existing inside of the relationship only or, or as in service to him. Or, you know, it's, 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 it's inside of that small space and it's a container and it's safe. Then when that goes away, I, I see this with so many women after, you know, they get a divorce after, you know, 10 years of, of marriage or, you know, leaving a relationship that that's often when they come to, to me and they want this kind of work is they're like, I don't have a container for my sexuality anymore. How do I create that? And so there's the potential to create a container just both for yourself, but then also in a group space where there's the context and the space to work with this energy in a new way. And, and sometimes I find that when women can get together and work with their erotic energy outside of having any men around, a cleaner, clearer relationship with it is formed, because then it's it there. There's no, there's no the patterns that we have with the masculine. We get to just set those aside for a moment and actually just be in the erotic energy and unwind any of the patterns that we have with that energy directly. So it, it, it's kind of like separating two things that could both be really triggering 
of old patterning and giving the the sensuality and the erotic nature and this you know and that connected with spirit and soul and our bodies an opportunity to reform and then when women go back into their relationship i know for me personally when i started doing when i started taking my erotic energy and my relationship with my pleasure and my body outside of the relationship and have that be a relationship between me and myself, the energy that I was able to cultivate and harness to bring forth in my life would just absolutely exploded. And then bringing that back into my relationship was a whole different, I mean, you're talking about boundaries, right? A whole different sense of knowing who I am and what I'm, what I'm creating, what my energy is for, where my yeses and nos are. And then the, and then the, the courage and the power to express that was then the next practice. But I think that sometimes it's like, we, we, we have this, this, um, perception that inside of relationship is the place where we explore our sexuality. And it's just an interesting thing to, to challenge because there's so much that can happen outside of that, just with our relationship with ourself. And then in a safe group of trusted allies and sisters. Thank you for sharing that. That's like, it just feels that like the next natural step. And I have just been noticing like my own sexual relationship with myself and where I still carry like levels of shame or guilt or programming. And I am so ready to let that go. (laughs) Yes. And there's, and there's practices and I know Lauren has something, but just to tie this one up, there's, there, there are practices. I mean, it's, it's like when someone's willing, all they need is tools, Mm -hmm. right? There there's, there's practices to come back into relationship with that, Mm -hmm. you know, to actually bring, you know, mother Mary and Mary Magdalene in, you know, into your pleasure, into your space with you and to really commune with erotic energy in a way that, you know, isn't, isn't the goal oriented climax driven media sprinkled way. Right. But that's more, um, of a celebration and a prayer Mm. and, and like, it's like coming, coming to this energy in a completely new way, as if like you're sitting down to pray, except you're going to do it in the temple of your body. Mm. And, and your pleasure is the, the song of, of that prayer. And, you know, there's, there's, there's complete contextual shifts around this energy that um, are, are so often just, they're, they're just not known until they are. Mm-hmm. And, and then once it's known, there's, there's, there's a practice and there's a, you know, there's a, there's a deep groove, you know, something like shame is such a powerful energy. It's a, such a powerful, dark energy shame is. And I feel that one of the, the, the like equal powerful, dark energy, but that, that is like holding that like luminous that luminous dark light, that glow that can really melt and heal the shame is the reverence of the erotic energy. It's there's, there, there's almost like a ferocity that, that I feel when, when people share things like what you're sharing, where there's this, like, there's this like ferocious erotic creature inside that will literally eat and digest the shame and then use it for the greater, the greater good. Mm -hmm. And, and this happens inside of a sacred erotic practice when it's like held that way. And it's not just like, oh, I'm stressed out. So I'm going to go masturbate. Like, that's not what we're talking about. Right. It's like actually holding the space of sacred as a prayer and as the space for healing. Mm -hmm. I love that you brought that because that's exactly what I did. I also, the very beginning of my sexual healing journey required celibacy, required a detox. And I think that's a really important step for women who 
know that they have codependency issues or they give away their power or they have really unclear boundaries or they're constantly falling in love or they are in love addiction. That part is so important to detox in that way. And then how I reawakened my sexuality was a ceremony with myself where I, for the first time ever, entered into sexual healing prayer. And that has been my guide ever since. Um, still learning. And I love what you said about the ferocious beast. I'm like, oh yes, the ferocious beast. I want to take the conversation back to something you said that was really, really potent that I love. You said that a woman with her sexual power flowing and contained and very aware of that power cannot be controlled. And this is something similar to what we say here at Global Sisterhood. In fact, I might've blended the two, your statement and ours, but a woman in touch with her, her power cannot be controlled. And what I'm loving about bringing sexuality into it is that the, the erotic nature of our sexuality, our sensuality is what connects us to our bodies and the intelligence of the earth. It is what reawakens us as spiritually aware beings. It is the same thing actually as our intuition in many ways. It's that desire. And when it's lower in the lower chakras, it's desire. And that desire has an intelligence to it that's guiding us. And then in the higher chakras, it's like intuition. It's like, ah, insight, awareness. But to me, it seems like the same energy. And so will you talk a little bit about that? Hmm. What comes about this is if I am fully occupied in my vessel, no, there's not space. If I'm occupied with, with my soul essence and there, there, there's not shame about who I am or my desire or my intuition or anywhere in the channel, right? It's like to actually let go of shame and exist inside of my body instead of in, you know, ideas or, or numbed out and disembodied and not connected. And even I'm, I will say, even in transcendent spiritual realms, mm -hmm. I'm not fully occupied. Mm -hmm. And this can be one of the shadows, if you will, of the light mm -hmm. is not being fully occupied in the body. And when I'm fully occupied in the body, nothing else can get in. If someone else has an idea or they've got a thought form, they've got an agenda, you know, they want to um, control, they want to, you know, use um, some kind of policing of my behavior or shaming in order to get me to be different. If I'm fully occupied and it means I'm in approval of all of the parts of myself, this is a lifelong journey, but the more I'm in that experience of approval and permission and embodiment, the less anything else can get in, the less I'm swayed by the outside environment that has agendas, the less social conditioning gets inside of me. It's like, it's like, I can witness it. There's, there's, there's a witness quality to seeing what someone else may be saying and listening to it, but it doesn't have to get in there. And sexuality is one of the ways that we are constant, that we are constantly being manipulated with by the media. So if you, if you look at the relationship with sexuality as being a protection, it, it becomes a protection that's like, okay, well, I mean, you say that I need to do this thing or be this way in order to be loved, in order to be valued, in order to be beautiful, what, whatever those things are. 
the the relationship with sexuality and the approval for it in the body is is like this like bubble of protection that that just says like i know i know who i am oh my god that sounds so good that journey that's definitely the journey and it leads me to wonder about the nature of shame obviously this could be an, a good opportunity to go into more of the macro and the global context of shame. You know, I believe that I learned that shame is a second chakra emotion, a shadow of the second chakra. And so it makes me wonder about shame being tied to sexuality and our bodies indefinitely. Like if all shame somewhere has a root in our sexual energy, and so I think this would be a really awesome time to just hear your perspective of how we got here and what the nature of the shame in ourselves and in the collective is. Mm -hmm. So the story that I opened with is, I believe, a story, you know, of, of the Garden of Eden, of, you know, our body being the Garden of Eden. And if sexuality was actually seen as natural, essential, and innocent in children, we would be in a very different place. And the, the nature of shame starts anytime we feel like a rightness of something you know, like a, a child that's exploring themselves or curious or exploring each other, right? They're, they're, they're curious and there's a rightness that they feel. When there's a projection from the outside authority that says that's wrong, shame starts to live. And then secrecy and judgment just make more layers on the shame and the shame just gets bigger. Right. And so we, we live in a world where sexual shame is so rampant. And yes, I agree with you. The connection between sexuality and shame is the, it's, it's the, they're, they're of the same frequency. Like they, they come from the same chakra. Like you said, there's a, their roots are in the same place. And in this journey of, of, of sexuality being so hidden and, and, and there being so much self-judgment and, and self-criticism and confusion, and then not a safe space to talk about it just grows this, this shame that, I mean, even by, you know, I mean, Shana just openly admitting right here on the podcast, like what's happening. It's like, there's already just shame releasing from the field, not only in hers, but in other people listening because of that, that experience of like, Oh, I feel that too. Oh, I'm not alone in that, but people don't have the spaces growing up and, and the, the spaces of conscious sexuality of, of really being able to unravel the, the space between their shame and their sexuality. And I bring up and start with the childhood stuff because I am certain that's where it begins for everyone. You know, the, the relationship that one has to shame, I believe and have traced back to be directly related to sexuality. And the way that that emerged in whatever way it did as a child and then growing up and as a teenager and then in, into adulthood, I think they're deeply connected. And again, to you know, bring it into the more macro global context, people who are in shame about their sexuality are easier to control. And if you really want to look at what religion was doing, I think we can go back to religion with this one and religion creating, Augustine. creating the separation between 
spirituality and sexuality, creating the divide. And, and it, it's ultimately the divide and the cutting off of the feminine and then the demonization, the, the erotic energy, the, the feminine, the body, the, that became bad and spiritual transcendence became good. And, it, and if you just look at, I mean, this is an ancient, ancient distortion that is still playing out in, in many ways, you know, in, including the, you know, the Madonna and the whore complex where, where there, there's, there's often in relationship, you know, people are men. I, I've worked with couples where men are like, I can't like desire you. I can't fuck you because I love you too much. Right? Like, what is that? Like, that is a separation. That's a divide in our life force energy as one part being good and one part being, well, that's the thing I would have to go do at the strip club. That's the thing that I would have to hire the prostitute for or watch the porn for, right? I can't have all of it with you. And so this, you know, this, this distortion and then the shame that's created on both sides with that. I love this so much. I, this is awesome. Thank you so much, Jamie. You're really bringing just like this beautiful sacred energy into the field of the time of the feminine. So I'm curious about, you do a lot of work and I've seen your posts about like Mary Magdalene and sacred priestess and all these types of, um, they're archetypal, but it also lives within us. And so I'm curious about your study with the Magdalene and also like what you've discovered in like ancient priestess practices. Mm, mm, I love this. When I realized that Mary Magdalene and Jesus were doing sex magic and that perhaps that is what in fact raised him from the dead. I was drawn like it, like I felt this unspeakable resonance and vibration in my body of the power of this energy and specifically the ways that it has been removed from religion, the ways that sexuality has been removed from religion and the story twisted and retold in such a way that, you know, Mary Magdalene was not, um, you know, not painted, you know, is demonized, you know, is not, is not painted in the, the, the reverence with this energy, um, the practice of communing with spirit in, in sexuality became a space that, that I created consciously with myself. And then with, um, with really every partner I've had in the last five years, um, <laughs> that's just what they are invited into. Um, and for me, communing with archetypes and you know, these archetypal energies have so much power and there can be a real academic aspect to them. And, and that's not as much my work as, as is the reconnection with them internally and the discovering of like, as arising from the pure, like void of existence, what is my relationship with this energy and how does she move through me? And what, what does, what does she desire? What is she seeing? How is she, where is she missing? Where, where is, where, where is she wanting to be more in my life? Where is she wanting to be more in my relationship? And then in, in that archetype, like there's so, there's so often in, sexuality where, where there's this, where there's this sense of, you know, the priestess is, you know, one that I really connect with because there's a, there's, there's a devotion to really 
getting down on my knees in service of this energy being liberated. And so, so it's like, it's like, what does the priestess mean to me? And then how does she show up? And then it's like, my partner does something that, you know, annoys me or, you know, it like, it, it's like when I'm in that space of devotion, it's like, great. That can just be included. And it doesn't throw me off. You know, like, I feel like these archetypes for, for me, the purpose of them is to expand the range of what I know myself to be. Let's talk more about that. The priestess embodiment, particularly in trigger and with our partners and with the masculine presence that we love and adore that can, you know, rub us the wrong way and the right way, all the ways. And the devotion, the devotion. And I think there's different, there's different devotional titles, but it's all the same life force, right? So you said in devotion to the force of like the power and magic and God within sexuality, right? For me, it is the great mother, right? And so how do you hold that devotional energy, channel that devotional energy in trigger? I would love to know that. For me, it's a question of two, two questions. What feels good? Like there's something about getting triggered that there's somewhere in there and it might be a microsecond of a choice, but there's a moment where I choose to stop feeling good and allow a trigger to overtake me. And so there's just something that's so simple for me about like being so in my just body bliss feminine, what feels so good that leaving that space to become, you know, frustrated or critical about something that doesn't really matter that much. Um, the more I cultivate that relationship with what truly feels good in my body, the less I leave that space for things that are not worthy of leaving that space. So feeling good is one question is, is one, is one piece. And then it's like, wow, I've had moments where I'm, it's been, you know, this doesn't happen so much anymore, but where it's been like a couple days and I've been in like a subtle state of irritation and it's like, wow, I am really allowing small things to separate me from my chosen experience of life. And, and then that can become a habit. Being triggered can be a habit where it's like I've been stuck in this trigger place instead of actually in the opening. And so then it's like, yeah, what, what matters? What matters the, the most? Um, and, and tending that, tending that like the garden. Um, and then the other piece is uh, reception. There's a, there's a receptivity and an opening that is wider and bigger than the trigger that he's bringing. And that's, you know, that's devotion, right? It's, it's like a, it's like a receptivity that can just like open wider and it, you know, it's the chalice, the tantric revelation of the chalice. It's another one that I just love to sit with because the, you know, the chalice just receives and holds and is, is, is just here and available. And when the transmutation capacity is turned on, then it's like, it, it just kind of moves through the system and is just naturally transmuted and, 
and opened. And um, also important when bringing this conversation is to bring the the kind of counterpoint to it, which is like, you know, it's also important for me to know where my boundaries are, you know, and, and, and if I'm getting triggered because it's a boundary, that's important to know and to be able to, and to be able to share. It's not just like being the, the chalice as a self-sacrifice. It's being the chalice because that's what feels the best and has me not have to leave my space of just open feminine bliss and receptivity for something that isn't worthy of it. So Jamie, for our final question, if you were to speak on behalf of the divine feminine to our audience, which you've already been doing, (laughs) but this is an extra invitation to just invite her in and to share a message, what would she have you say? I am here. I have always been here. And I will always be here with you, inside of you, and surrounding you. Please open your eyes and your body and receive me. And so it is. And so it is. Jamie, can you share with our audience about where those listening can find you? Yes. Um, so on, I'm on Instagram under holistic sex coach and Facebook, Jamie Elizabeth Thompson. I post a lot of content and I have a community and curriculum at awakenedwoman.life that offers programs and courses and live experiences to support women in reconnecting with their power, pleasure, and body. Mm. And I have a special sacred temple coming up called Permission, which is a three-hour experience for women to reconnect with their sacred sexuality, the innocence of their heart, and the way that both their liberation and their love can exist simultaneously. And so that's coming up. And then there's also a feminine reclamation course coming up, which is a six week journey um, of deepening in that process, really working with these archetypes of the Madonna and the whore and reclaiming any parts that have been left behind Mm. so that you can fully embody your bliss and pleasure and sensuality and power in a way that is responsible, contained, and true for you. And then my website is also jamieelizabeththompson.com. And that's where um, my work with couples and individual work with people is held. Beautiful. Thank you so much. We'll go ahead and put that in the show notes too, so you can find it there. Thank you, Jamie, for being on this podcast. It's an honor. Mm, Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Time of the Feminine podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Global Sisterhood, you can follow us on Instagram at the Global Sisterhood, or you can tune in to one of our programs. Just go to globalsisterhood.org. It is such a privilege and such an honor to speak with all these amazing women and to continue to speak with you. If you would like to join one of our circles or programs and dive in deeper and have these conversations yourself with us, we would love to invite you in deeper, sister. So just go to globalsisterhood.org to learn more. Okay, talk to you next time.